Welcome to That's Dope, the podcast where we talk about dope things. My name is Godzul Ugwa, and I'm the host, like always. Uh, this time, I actually want to do something very different than what I usually do. You know, we always talk about nerd stuff, anime, video games, you know, music, whatever, right? But this time, I wanted to do something a little different, and I'm I'm really excited to to get into this. Um, I I, I have with me one of my friends who i met in the weirdest way but it's actually been like one of the best friendships i've had and like has helped me uh with my own spiritual life um her name's serene <laughs> the way that we met actually was through uh josh like he he brought her late to a game of thrones episode of all things right <laughs> and then hate him for it you know honestly like i was, I was very disappointed and i was like bro you didn't even whatever <laughs> he didn't tell you what time the podcast was supposed to be on and you came at the very end but you brought snacks for all of us and i was like wow she's super cool but you know and then josh didn't really even introduce you it was just sort of like oh here she is and i'm like what <laughs> anyways i'm glad that we got to talk and hang out more and then um i got um like what happened was i told you that like uh, i think i told you that like i was interested in participating in ramadan fast and like i I consider myself still be a christian but um i was interested in participating in ramadan uh, which is the the fast that muslims do yearly right uh and you have been a great help in like helping me understand uh that and like understand the community uh in dallas and also understand like the, the implications so you know welcome to the podcast i definitely appreciate you joining up especially like like very last minute especially as the fast is about to end this year no problem um, i'm actually very flattered that you chose me to even you know want to talk about such a deep subject so um thank you for having me absolutely yeah yeah you, like like you know just a little bit more but like yeah you have been the person like who has helped me extensively last year um you know like even introducing me like to the mosque and everybody there was super nice to me um and then this year like and then this year like uh just helping me like with some more understandings and like just were keeping tabs on me like as especially as we're all isolated in this Mm -hmm. quarantine time yeah um and then you know like even like helping me further my uh, my uh knowledge you know like you helped me uh with uh quite a few of the books uh especially like the 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 life of muhammad the prophet um peace put upon him uh did i say correctly mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah cool i'm still learning um so you know like, he was uh he was someone asked him something about what he would say to jesus when he was resurrected and um the way hasan minhaj answered he was like oh i still got a lot of time to think about that he said pbuh so instead of saying PV, peace be upon him he's like pbuh and i was like i'm gonna start doing that now (laughs) i'm gonna do that throughout this podcast (laughs) so you know uh, i I mean i guess yeah could you uh, i guess tell us a little bit about yourself and then uh, i guess we'll just jump right into it uh talk about like our experiences this year and you know last year and all of that Sure. Um, So I am 28 years old. I um, did chemistry in undergrad. And then for my master's, I did international business. And I worked for as an economist for a while. And then um, now I'm doing um, a business analysis in a healthcare solutions company. I grew up in Dallas, but we actually moved a lot. So I've been all over. I've been living in literally every single region of the U.S. that you could think of. Oh, wow. 
I was born Muslim. My family is of um, Lebanese background. Um, that's pretty much, you know, me in a in a in a nutshell, I guess. So, um, do you want to start off just basically talking about like why we fast? Yeah, I, I I would actually be very interested in like learning why. Okay, so um, in the Quran, which is um, just like the Bible is the holy book for Christians, the Quran is the holy book for Muslims. And basically what it states is that Allah wants us to fast just so that we can be conscious of him, so that we can be God-fearing, that so we can be aware of, you know, a greater power or a greater existence in our lives. And the way people kind of like understand that is that like when you are physically starving your body this is the time the best time to spiritually nurture yourself and the best way to nurture yourself is basically to reflect it's basically to think about your existence to think about you know your greater purpose like who's behind all of this why are you why are you here what are you doing to make sure that you're fulfilling your your purpose and that you know where you're going to end up is going to be the place that you want to end up I dig that because, I mean, I've had so many people ask me, you know, like when I do tell them that I am fasting, they they ask me why. And, you know, like I have like I have like a faint idea for sure. You know, like I, I have sort of like brought that up. And honestly, like I I have enjoyed this time that I have fasted, although, it, you know, low key, it sucks. You know, like I'm like, yeah, I'd rather. Nobody likes being hungry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't like being hungry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. But. Mm-hmm. You know, after I do this, then I do feel I do feel a lot more content, you know, a lot more happy, um, a lot more, uh, I guess, secure that like I can honestly like if I can do this, I can do like almost anything else that, that comes to mind. And I didn't, yeah, I actually never thought about it this way because I've been fasting like ever since I can remember, I guess, since I was like 11 or 12 years old. Oh, wow. And when I was actually 11 or 12 years old, so you know how like the the lunar calendar shifts compared to um, the Gregorian calendar? So when I was younger, um, the fast, the time that we fast, which is from um, sunup to sundown, was so much shorter because I was fasting in the winter. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then as I grew older, um, the fasting months shifted into the summer and that's where we are now. And actually now we're moving back towards the winter again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was super, super easy fasting when I was younger. You basically ate breakfast. It was still dark outside when you woke up for school. You went to school, skipped lunch and then came home and you basically had dinner. Like that's, Oh, that sounds that's, nice. Yeah, that's basically what fasting was when we were younger. And actually, like for my generation, it was probably the best way to train up to mm-hmm. start easy then go high. Pretty mm-hmm. much, there. Were, I know, like my cousins and their little, they way they help teach their kids how to fast when you know when they're um, preteens. They just fast half the day, um, mm. and then uh, once as they grow older, that's when they start you know fasting the entire day. And they obviously teach them like other religious tenets like prayer and um, reflection and whatnot. So um, yeah, nobody really jumps into fasting for the first time in their life like the way you did. Yeah. <laughs> so I can definitely see how you're like, how you feel invincible, but yeah, yeah I, I never thought of it that way. That's, I mean, honestly, like it has been, I mean, for me, this is my, my sixth time that I've done it. Mm-hmm. And I started it, I think 2012 and it was August <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was the longest day. It was hot. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. 
And, you know, now, funny enough, like this is like the harder time, even though like it's it's quarantine time. I thought it would be easier, um, but I think uh, it's just been like a lot more hard, like where like, um, honestly, I'm going low key crazy. But, you know, like it has been um, quite the experience, like where I have been able to um, maintain, especially like with your health. Yeah, I honestly can definitely agree that like being fasting in quarantine is a lot like harder. So like when I when when I'm working, oh, I'm I work from home right now, but when I'm working like actually in the office and fasting at the same time or even during my college years, the day would fly by because most of the day you're busy. You know, you're either in class or you're working or you're in meetings and, you know, you're up on your feet. But now, like being at home and the Christian and the kitchen right there, you're like <laughs> you like it, oh, you no. definitely think about being hungry a lot more often than you used to. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's like this huge temptation to kind of just like sleep the day away. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if that's like something that people do. Like, do they sleep during the day? Like, is that like okay or is so that is in, in middle eastern countries they actually shorten the work day and they kind of sh- shift their schedules so um people basically um work until noon i think or they um actually I don't, don't quote me on that but i know what happens is that the work day is shorter and they um allow people to um take a few more days off when it comes to like Eid or the last 10 days of um, Ramadan. Eid, by the way, is like the last day of um, or the day after the last day of Ramadan, which is um, a celebration of like breaking the fast. So um, anyways, yeah, so they have a lot more days off when it comes to celebration. And they, what they do is they also kind of have like um, – Sahur parties. I don't think this is happening right now in quarantine, mm-hmm. but um, so yeah. I so guess like we should explain. Yeah, I guess so we should so explain like the the whole basics of like what uh, Ramadan is. I I totally blanked on like uh, explaining like what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, everybody knows what it is. And honestly, I, mean, I, I, hope, I hope everybody, everybody does. <laughs> nah, yeah, like I wish, but it, I think there's a lot more learning that uh, we gotta do. I guess like to to show people other cultures. Um, you know, like you know, even as I explain this to people like my roommates or uh, to friends and families or coworkers, you know. It is such a wild concept. Even just fasting is still a wild concept, even mm-hmm. if someone is, considers themselves a pretty devoutly it, Christian or it, such. It's kind of funny that people would think that it's um, it's that like obscure, I guess, odd or because like in, in Muslim tradition, what we believe is that every single um, generation before us or every t- single type of religious group before us had fasted in some sort of way like Mm -hmm. we call um we call if you fast every other day we call that david's fast because david used to basically fast every other day that's new to me yeah so like Like, it's the tradition of fasting is a religious concept across all um traditions wow I mean, I have heard like of a few fasts, I guess, but like that's still like a new concept to me. Like where, mm-hmm. uh, like, what was the one fast that like I would hear in church? Um, like there was like, and I was like, is this really a fast? Technically, Lent. I guess, you know, like sorta. Like, like I have heard of Lent, and like that's more for the Catholics, and right. 
even then that was just more like oh okay we're just gonna stop drinking alcohol on fridays i guess <laughs> or something you know like where it's like okay it's sort of a fast you know like not like there's like intermittent fasting that people are starting to do as like the health trend mm-hmm. um and you know even then like it, yeah, like that's still like a novel concept i think for 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 people so uh, i guess like it, to to kind of like summarize, so Ramadan is one of the months of the Muslim calendar and that we spend this month for, which is 29 or 30 days, depending on the lunar cycle. We um, just fast from sundown, sun up to sunset. And usually right before the sun comes up, we would have this um, meal called suhoor. And it's basically like a super early breakfast, essentially. Or if you're, you know, if you kind of flip it, it's a super late dinner, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Depending on if people like stay up late or, or during the night. I've and been bad at staying up late. <laughs> honestly, though, in quarantine, it's quite tempting. Like, you know, there's nothing, there's no stress about getting up in the morning and getting up and getting dressed, showered, getting ready to go to work, the whole commute to work. Like, you kind of mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Have, you do have that time to kind of sleep in compared to before. Mm-hmm. And what I was saying earlier is that like, so, you know, in the Middle East, they do shift their schedules where they allow people to um, stay up during the night and either start work late or leave work early or whatever the situation is, because Muslims think or believe that the night is a type is a time of reflection, a time of pondering, a time of um spiritual exploration if if you you know if if that makes sense because it's so it's such a it's there's no distractions at night you you're by yourself you have um a lot more of a you have a lot more of an ability to focus on what you actually want to focus and like i remember um my teacher had said to me he said that if you really want something you would get up in the middle of the night and sacrifice your sleep and ask for it If you really, really wanted something. And so, you know, this is a time when you're literally, it's just you and God, basically. And so, you know, Ramadan, given how it's the spiritual month, given how it's the month that you're essentially supposed to increase your your God awareness or God consciousness, um, you should you should definitely take advantage of the nighttime and 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 use that time to be able to make that connection between you and God a lot stronger. I like it's like it's like it's like the. it's like the the annual yearly or annual boost and making sure that you know you kind of mm-hmm. get yourself in check for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. I like that. Like I, I sort of wish that like uh especially Christianity, you know, like had that really like you know they're just Easter but it's just sort of like once, you know, every Easter go to church and then cool have food with family is more like a, a cultural thing i would say more than a spiritual reawakening uh, i would say but there's and, nothing to me there's nothing wrong with that either because ramadan has a huge 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 um cultural and and community aspect to it too and like muslims are definitely definitely feeling the lack of that this year in when we're fasting in quarantine because you know if you remember last year we used to have like our fasts together like we would break our fast mm-hmm. sorry we would break our fast together um and then we would pray together and then we would stay up at night praying or making dua which is um another type of prayer that we do um all night and like you know my dad actually made this joke with me um 
I remember last year when I was a little bit more on social media during Ramadan and um, I was texting you and he was like, who, he was like, who is up at this time? I was like, Baba, literally every single Muslim in America is up right now. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, so it's like that everybody's schedule shifts and, and we yeah. know that we have each other. We know that we can reach out to each other during this time. Um, and that like, you know, honestly, sometimes you just want that, that, that other person that understands your spirituality because like you know sometimes growing up in america as muslim there is a huge disconnect between um trying to trying to be able to articulate islam and try to explain it and trying not to feel so different when people when americans are asking you about it or you know where it comes from or why are you muslim or stuff like that Mm mm-hmm and so, you know, when you have a Muslim friend who's up in the middle of the night like you are, like there's there's a certain like there there's a certain feeling of fulfillment of knowing that you're not alone in it. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel the solidarity because you know For real, like it, it is solidarity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, like where like it, it like this this year has been like isolating for sure but like at the same time it is nice to be like okay i send you a text at four o'clock who else is gonna be up at four o'clock well <laughs> let me tell you you know and it it is nice like uh to see like the the community aspect you know like i i'm not muslim but i was welcomed very warmly by everybody you know like like getting food and showing me how the prayers are done, you know, and it's just like, wow, this is really nice. And the the reason I actually even started was like, I was interested in just learning about uh, Muslim culture, you know, like as, as like, it was like very intense, like Islamophobia that I was seeing um, in my areas. And it's just sort of like, I just want to sort of understand like what this is, you know, before like I can make like a decision and, you know, like I've honestly like learned so much and I have been so welcomed by the whole community, like which is so diverse anyways, you know, uh, it's, it's been uh, like a wonderful experience that like I, I'm really glad that like I have been able to go on and heck, even me and you, like we didn't even start off like talking about Islam. We just started talking about Game of Thrones and then, you know, I think I told you that like, hey, I'm doing this thing and, you know, you, you were super welcoming uh, in helping me like understand what this all is about. Mm-hmm. I have to like explain the Game of Thrones thing. So <laughs> I, had, I hadn't even like been keeping up with it. I probably watched like the first three seasons and then it was just like and then I just basically got uninterested in it uh-huh. and and then josh was like bragging about it and he was like yo you have to come you have to see we're gonna have like a huge like get together watching it and you know you should come and i was like you know what why not and i had just recently moved back to dallas so like i was kind of looking for like new friends mm-hmm. so he this dude texts me uh and he's like make sure you come through um it, and i i don't remember but he basically like didn't tell me the time so i went so i went based on the time that we he had told me the week before when he was just telling me about you guys planning to get together Uh so i had assumed it was still like at eight let's say so i went at eight and um 
I like call Josh because I couldn't find like the apartment and he just walks me in and I just walk in and it's like super dark and I see on the screen, you know how, it, how it's paused. Yeah. Um, I see that there were like five minutes left. Oh of the no. Episode. And uh. I was like so embarrassed. Like I literally, I think I will never forgive Josh for that. I was so <laughs> embarrassed. Like imagine just walking in, sitting down and nobody even really wants to say hi. They just like want to watch the last intense yeah, five episode. minutes of the episode. Yep. Like literally like how like it, so anyways I was I actually was like super super like shy and insecure after the episode had finished uh, because I thought like everybody was annoyed by like my presence and no. um, <laughs> so like when you were really nice to me I was like okay okay cool <laughs> <laughs> I mean I was annoyed at Josh because I was like bro how could you not tell her what time this thing was you know like he denied we, it too and I'm like dude just check your ch- check your text messages and that's then he, what I was <laughs> <laughs> that's why i was like really is like i don't know like someone's gonna come late to the first watch party especially like of the first season you know like this was the last season first episode you know was a big deal so it was just sort of like mm, this doesn't seem like she would mess up i don't know maybe she did but you know i don't know josh <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm glad that you know your friend well enough that yeah. you didn't blame me right away because i don't oh, know <laughs> it was so even then i was like okay if she just wants to hang out that's cool but you know i feel bad for her but (laughs) (laughs) i was just sort of like what what is this josh and also he didn't tell us that you yeah he invited you so it was just also i was like thinking is like did he tell them i'm muslim you know what i'm saying like you know because that part didn't matter but like yeah i was just sort of like okay you know like unless it like it mattered to you because i think maybe we're drinking where we drinking i don't know you guys okay. weren't, yeah, but um, but Josh also was aware that I like don't um I don't really drink or anything like that. So yeah, um I would, but I honestly like sometimes when you're meeting new people like as a Muslim, you're like mm-hmm. you're like how obvious is it that I'm like uh, don't fit in or I don't like you know which one is not like uh-huh. the other kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of yeah. like sometimes like I hope like if I go to gatherings like that, you know, someone mm-hmm. gives a, someone else the heads up like hey she's Muslim so that they like not creeped out when I walk in like because you know what I'm saying like people like Uh. the way like I feel is that you know whenever I walk into like a generally a non-Muslim gathering people are like what type of Muslim is she or like does she even know English kind of thing like you know because that's Uh because people really do people when they first come up to you when they're when you know they don't know you they're like they're like tiptoeing kind of trying to feel you out and see like you know, were you mm-hmm. born and raised here or are you kind of basically a fob? <laughs> mm, I see. I see. Which I think that's a bummer because at least, at least one thing I will say is like my group of people, like they've always been super cool, whatever type of person comes through. So I, I'm really proud of them for that. Like I uh, luckily, like I would say like that doesn't matter as long as you're down to like have a good time with us. Right. Um, yeah. And like, like me yeah, and like Josh you- had talked about religion before we had talked about um, black lives matter. We had talked about Malcolm X and his, mm-hmm. you know, Muslim identity. So I know like Josh wouldn't have those conversations with me specifically mm-hmm. if he hadn't already been comfortable and had them before. Yes. Um, and not just Josh himself, but like anybody who was able to articulate their thoughts and feelings regarding those topics, you know, there's, they definitely feel like they already had a safe space to think about them, to ponder them, reflect about them and talk about them with someone else or like, you know, someone specific, like a new person like me or, you know, so I knew I didn't expect anybody to be bigoted 
I just, you know, it's just like that awkward feeling. It's like, you know, when you're generally meeting yeah. new people and on top of that, you're you usually, never know how they're going to be. Right. Yeah. Mm. So well, I think that's very fair. Although, dang, that's that's quite the struggle that, you know, I didn't even know that that was something you had to deal with, really. Um, you know, because I guess like I'm usually just around like much more open minded people that like mm-hmm. are cool about that. But yeah, I guess I never really knew, I guess, like what the struggles you might have to go through are because, you know, as soon as I'm done with Ramadan, I'm going back to smoking and drinking. Honestly, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, Don't I feel bad. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I'm sorry, but <laughs> but, you know, like uh, at the same time, it's like also, you know, like it, it's it's like I don't mind when people don't do that you know if anything i guess like the only thing that i'm worried about is like okay cool are they down to like understand are they down to have fun with us however they can you know otherwise you know i don't i don't really mind like what you can and can't do in fact i want to be more sensitive to what you can't do so that way i'm not you know putting it around you or or um even like putting in your face or you know like being insensitive about it i guess that's you know? actually very rare so i really really, really appreciate that yeah of wow. course it's, i remember um when i was working in massachusetts and new hampshire um it's basically a lot of white people and there's a huge drinking <laughs> culture there so oh, yeah. when they find out that you don't drink they definitely they don't necessarily like ostracize you for it but they just mm-hmm. like they just can't comprehend it mm. and you know they want to go to <laughs> happy hour drink. all the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm just, and i'm just like eh, not really interested sorry guys and you know yeah. so yeah it was a uh, like i said before there's a little bit of a disconnect when you're trying to explain faith-based aspects of yourself mm-hmm. and you know people don't necessarily appreciate that yeah so, yeah, I would say, especially like nowadays, like, uh, I mean, it feels much more taboo, at least f- from my perspective. I can only imagine that how it is for you. Um, and like not even like quarantine days, but like just 2000, like late 2010s and 20s, you know, it feels much more taboo to even bring up religion. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's funny. a shame. I think it's funny because when I lived up north in Milwaukee and in um, Massachusetts and New Hampshire, um, definitely religion, taboo subject. People actually tiptoe around it. Um, or And people actually have um, a lot of, like, assumptions um, about religion, like, m- incorrect or negative assumptions about religion. Like, I remember one time um, this uh, a, a woman who was identified as an atheist that I worked with – um, it was this, um, the huge debate at that time was, um, pro-life and abortion and stuff like uh, that. And so she was like, oh, religions have such a negative or such a backward stance about, um, abortion. Sometimes women need it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, well, I mean, Islam is open to it. Like, you know, there, there's definitely certain ways that it addresses it, but it's definitely not a hard, hard no, mm-hmm. you know? There's definitely like Islam is kind of is more realistic about it. There, it definitely considers times when a woman definitely absolutely needs an abortion if it's you know life or death. And so you know, and there's like a whole other like um, there's a like a, a lot of analysis and depth to like the topic. So I don't mean to like um, water it down, but basically like my response to her is like you know maybe you should do a little bit more reading about why religions have certain stances about certain things. But I can definitely Mm. tell you that Islam isn't necessarily black and white about the issue. And when I, and then when I moved here and I, it was the orient, it was orientation for um, my current job. 
this girl like stands up at orientation and instead of really introducing herself, she just, she talks about Christianity and how like Jesus saved her and how she's so appreciative of, you know, finding the light and like me coming from, you know, from that <laughs> to to this to where yeah. someone is so comfortable about expressing their love for God and that like mm-hmm. and I'm just like I'm like wow because I mm-hmm. like I've I'm religious and I've and I grew up with Islam and I definitely like consider myself like a devout or practicing Muslim I'm sorry but I would never stand up in front of everybody like that and talk to yeah. them about <laughs> that's something just- like, I always didn't really like and you know like I, I mean I personally agree with that like where like I, I sort of get the off-puttingness about it but that goes to the other extreme of like not of talking about it like where it's not really talking about it it's more just like here's my belief and then you're wrong if you don't believe what I believe. It very, it actually very much came up, came across that way. Um, you know, like she, I mean, I don't want to like, like highlight microaggressions, but there were definitely some side eyes towards me, you know, being the only Muslim in the room. (laughs) Like, you know, and it's funny because obviously Jesus is like a huge, huge aspect or huge, huge, um, uh, um, person, you know, that we definitely think value in Islam, like, you know, you know, he's, he's a prophet, just like, you know, prophet Muhammad, who we currently follow his teachings for. And I think me and you had this conversation where like, we have like the life of prophet Muhammad, like detailed out for us, but I wish we also had the life of Jesus in that much detail. Mm-hmm. You know, like definitely seems like someone I would want to be friends with. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the crazy thing is like, you know, me as a Christian going to Islam, like I didn't even know that Jesus was like like pretty prominent in mm-hmm. in the in, in the Quran and also not even just um not just Jesus but like Moses and Abraham and uh like I've learned so many more aspects you know that have only mm-hmm. bolstered like my information mm-hmm. uh on what I know about these uh, these entities you know Joseph and David and it's like all these people that like I have like known before like they're only like more prominent within uh, the Quran. And I think that has made me more appreciative. And I think like more people need to like learn about that. Like where it's like, well, no, here's what the Quran says, you know, here's what Islam says about uh, these, these groups, you know, and these people and these prophets and all that, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it would be cool if we could like have more of a conversation about these things versus, um, you know, just the sort of shouting matches that we we're we're definitely now going into between you One and thing, me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, like, like I know, I know. people. Yeah, right. And one thing, like, I appreciate, like, uh, the book that you gave me right now, the emotional intelligence uh, mm-hmm. of the prophets, right? And, um, you know, like, I'm still, like, getting through. I'm only, you know, like, on page, like, 55 mm-hmm. or 60 or so. But uh, one thing I just saw in it is, like, um, like how they pride uh, – these, these scholars are, like, really priding themselves, like, on trying to understand um, rational thought and, like, being logical and actually, like uh, – being able to uh, debate and like, you know, actually like using like their, their intelligence as they understand uh, religion mm-hmm. and like that only helps things. It's not supposed to, it's not supposed to, to fight against it, but it's supposed to like help uh, bolster um, like the faith. And like, I, I definitely appreciate that. And like, I, I sort of wish that um, 
we had that more in like the the cultural Christian mm-hmm. group. Yeah. Like whereas like we're trying to understand it versus just an emotional level of things, mm-hmm. but like um to actually like try to understand it um and doesn't make logical sense. So for me, like that book really like um so like we already know that the prophet is an amazing person. We already know that the prophet had um, a connection with God and got divine revelation and he was a great leader, great family man, all of that. But what this book actually really did was just give very, very specific examples of his leadership skills and his emotional intelligence and like just the type of personality and the type of person he really was. And it kind of just made him... I don't want to say more human. I it just kind of made him um, someone I want to be more like. like approachable, I bet, right? Yeah. And like, um, it just, it, cause you know, there's a lot of like misogyny and sexism and stuff like that. And people try to use religion to justify it. And so when you're, when you learn about the prophet this way, that he was very aware of people's emotions, he was very aware of the needs that society had. He was very, um, he, like, you know, when people talk to him, they thought they were the most precious and most loved person um, to him, you know, like that type of attention that he would give people, like, it was so hard for me to grasp, um, the, the, the idea that, um, he hated women and that he, you know, preached a religion that hated women. And, you know, and, and then this book talks about his emotional intelligence. It talks about how he built relationships, you know, with his companions, with, um, with the woman around him and with his children. And you're like, there's no way this guy was like that. There's no way that Prophet Muhammad in any way was neglectful towards women or was, you know, um, ignorant about our struggles or ignorant about the, the, the different types of oppression that we face. And so like, even for me, like as a woman, it kind of, it just solidified more of my faith in him and more of like, you know, my desire to recognize him as, as a prophet of Islam. That's nice. That's, that's pretty good to, to hear that aspect of things. Cause, um, that's always, you know, something that like I'll hear from, uh, detractors i guess you know like and i always wonder like how much these detractors even really know about it you know they're just saying points you know like unfortunately is like I, i'm always hearing from like uh right wingers of sorts that are just sort of like well and i'm just sort of like how much do you really know about it you know so and that's also like one big reason like i wanted to sort of jump into it, is like okay these guys keep saying these things I don't trust them on other things personally. So, <laughs> so sure they're wrong about Islam too. So yeah, I was like, hold up, wait a minute, you know, because you know, like they're sort of like, okay, well, there are this, 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 and this, and I'm like, hmm, let me see for myself. And I, and honestly, like, I agree with you. Like, I I'm really glad I got to read that biography of sorts. Like, where because I mean, one thing I was hoping when I read the Quran was to like understand his life more, mm-hmm. but it was. I feel like it's less about him and just more about like, here are the tenets, you know, believe in God, don't have any other idols, you know, here are stories, you know, that signify that, you know, and just sort of, sort of that, you know, but like, I was really happy to see like this, um, biography that you gave me that like helped like sort of reinforce that and like to, to showcase like who he was as a person and like why, um, you know, like so many people that like, came to him and like uh, went with him because um, he was such a guy of high emotional intelligence of sorts. Yeah, there was. And then like, you know, to that point is that, yeah, the Quran basically, you know, 
gives us the message, right? The Quran basically lists, you know, the tenets of Islam, obviously, but it also tries to force you to reflect more, to make you a lot more aware of your actions and the impact that you have on the world, as well as like kind of realizing what your duty is. And the people that came before you that were also um, given this message and how they reacted. And then, you know, Prophet Muhammad is basically the person who's supposed to deliver it, right? You know, we're we're going to bear witness on the Day of Judgment that he did deliver this message and it reached us as individuals. And, you know, when – and then but reading his biography, like, you kind of, like – see how well he was able to not only deliver it but like behave and act upon it and like you know he like he he was a revolutionary he was amazing like you know and then and the way like people realize um there's like a saying that a you know a religion is actually a religion from god when the the underprivileged and the poor are the first ones to follow it because it challenges the system that the oppressors have established, and um, wow, like to, that's that, deep. <laughs> it ring, it rings true though. Because like you know, when you have nothing to lose, are you are you know you're more inclined to accept the truth, right? And you'll ha- you have less of that peer pressure, that societal pressure, whereas like, you know, the people at his time were, or they were his actual family members. They were like the ruling um, tribe. And they were, they had just such a difficult time with accepting Islam because essentially what it meant is that if you accept that, you know, God is one and all of these idols that they have, um, you know, are, are surrounded by the uh, the Kaaba. So this was in Mecca. So the Kaaba was a holy place. They had idols there and then pe- they would they would benefit from the idols by um, bringing people to do pilgrimage there and they would spend their money and they were basically like in charge of the system and all of that. Like if you, t- if they start believing that there's only one God, they're going to essentially like lose their status, lose their, their wealth, lose everything that they benefit from by denying God's oneness. So, sense. you know, when, you know, when you have a lot to lose, when you definitely have, you know, to consider, like your lineage, your tribal status, and all of that, you you're not going to necessarily leap for what's going to cause you to lose all of that. And so, um, yeah. So, like when you know when you hear about how, and it's very much you know to me like similar to how you know Jesus or Isa basically, you know, was able to, or the people that he reached to reached out to or the people that followed him you know it's and when and then when the masses the underprivileged start to become you know and powerful more power yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like you know that's definitely something society becomes very uncomfortable with or the people that are in power of society are really comfortable with so like for me it's like that changing the changing the system or dismantling the system and you know recreating a better balance that to me is also a huge like basically a desire for justice is also a huge aspect of Islam that I find through the prophet and it just makes me it makes me a lot more like excited to be Muslim yeah no, that's awesome you know like I, I I I agree with you like where it feels like um like the the main por- purpose is to empower um you know the 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 weak you know, like as like, yeah, I'm really happy that you had me read um, the account of Moses, um, like in the Quran, because mm-hmm. it just reminded me of one. It helped me with one what's happening today. But then two, like it helped me like, OK, yeah, this is this is very similar 
if not the same as what I've read in the Bible. And I just read Exodus recently too. Um, mm. And, you know, like it was like, it was meant to empower these enslaved people, people who have been enslaved for 400 plus years and to, to free them from bondage. Right. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like they had been so uh, ingrained in slavery. So it was really hard for them, but you know, it did free them eventually, you know, physically and then eventually spiritually. Um, and to focus like on something that is only going to like make their lives better, you know, focus mm-hmm. like on the good versus uh, the the bad. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like it sort of helps me like what, what's happening today because, yeah, corrupt leaders, you know, like they can't stand forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like it's 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 only going to be a matter of time for for them yeah, but you know that's a whole another conversation, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like it just like there's an there's an example of like one of the first followers of the prophet was um, a slave named Bilal, and he was so um, he he like the way I read it is that he became Muslim because Islam told him that his soul was free. So that even though his physical body was a slave to one of the most ruthless and violent um, slave owners at that time, he knew or he was basically, um, I guess like he was, he, he felt like he had control over his soul and where he was going, even though someone, you know, had physical control over him. And that's like, and that's why he was so like convinced about Islam so that when he was like being lashed he um he would yell like he you know he was being lashed so that he could deny his faith and what he would keep repeating over and over is ahad on ahad which is you know god is one or the oneness of god basically that's like a rough translation but like he he there was no way he was going to leave Islam only because he was told that his soul was free like that that to me is like like if that's enough for one person then that like if that's like the bare minimum of the message that is or not the bare minimum but if it's that if that's the main aspect or one of the aspects of islam telling you that you're free and your soul is free and you have the choice of what to do despite how cruel the world is or despite how many systems are in control of where you're going or what you're doing in this life like at least you know that you have control over like your final destiny Wow. That's, that's really deep, honestly. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm also like, uh, still listening to that, um, the YouTube videos of like the, the night journey uh, that Mm -hmm. you you sent me. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And like how right now I'm at the part where, uh, prophet Muhammad is meeting, um, meeting different prophets during, Mm -hmm. um, like, uh, the seven heavens, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. And like how, like he has met people like who have also suffered, you know, like, you know, prophets that I am aware of too. Um, you know, like Moses, like how he had to suffer, like in, you know, taking care of being a leader for his people, but being patient for the people, like as they are changing mm-hmm. for the better. Right. Um, Jesus, like who literally died, you know, and came back. Right. And it, that was actually pretty cool to, to hear like how, like the belief too, is like that he's going to also come on the day of resurrection and will, you know, redeem people too it's pretty cool to see like how you know the the similarities of what i've learned but then also like the sort of real world um applications you know you also had me listen to like um listen to uh, uh, a sermon about um pharaoh's wife Mm -hmm. you know like who who you know took care of moses 
right? But then eventually it was like, you know what? You're not God, Moses. Oh, you're not God, Pharaoh. Sorry. Um, it, you know, God is God, right? And that's a slap in the face and power. But yeah, just as what you just said, like that sort of knowing where your soul's going to go is sort of sort of um, empowering, even though uh, you're going against these worldly forces that you know threaten to kill you and hurt you and do whatever they want. But you know, you're still going to be strong no matter what. Mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it really, really like it's very, very important for us to kind of prepare for that mindset. Because like, you know, what we're seeing today, like in quarantine, and we're seeing basically the resistance to capitalist um, control and all of that, like, I really, really feel like we should really, really be getting ready for that type for holding that mentality, and like actually acting upon it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, like that's, that's, that's important. It's, it's impressive, too. And it's, it's, uh, you know, like I think like even though like this season of fasting like has been the hardest for me, like I am glad I have done it because um, like it is just sort of like stealing myself. And I mean, like it, it, you know, physically and mentally and spiritually, like as honestly, things are probably going to get more tough. Like we're probably going to have to uh, become more vocal, you know, as people who are wanting justice for other people, for weaker people. Um you know, so about to get loud. It's very, right? it's very important. It is like, yeah. it is necessary. And like Islam basically like even emphasizes so much about that. How basically you have to stand up for the oppressed. You have to basically call out oppressors. You definitely have to be able to, to not just, not just vocalize all of like the your resistance and your ideas and stuff like that. But you have to actually physically be able to help the people that are in need. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, yeah, you can vocalize your disdain for capitalism, blah, blah, blah. You can type it all out on Twitter. I don't care. It means nothing when you you're not action. actually doing something about it. Yeah, yeah I agree. And one thing, uh, I'm not sure if I told you about it. Maybe I have. But like one, also the other ways like I got introduced to Islam was um, through this group Islamic Relief. Mm-hmm. Um, like who they like I, when I was in college, like there was a free CPR class that was happening. Mm-hmm. And it was this group, Islamic Relief, that was the one that was hosting it. And I hadn't heard about free CPR class. I was like, cool, I definitely want to to do something that's, you know, going to be able to help people. But then um, this group was like, yeah, we also do disaster relief. And we also try to help, um, you know, help charities and like help uh, poor people throughout, you know. And still, like that was like, I think 2011 that like, uh, like I first found out about them mm-hmm. and still like even in LA, like I found out about them and they were on skid row, you know, mm-hmm. like helping you know, homeless people, you know, like pe- like people who have seen like, honestly, like some horrible things for sure. Uh, you know, giving them clothes and food and they were really happy to do it. You know, they, they invited me to like, Hey, you moved out here. Cool. Like you could, here's how you get involved. And yeah. I sort of wish that like, more groups were doing that but if anything i am seeing uh like uh, the muslim groups not just talk about it but really be about it and and that's something that has like really made me happy with um this group mm-hmm. i mean we have like in you know one of our um tenants is basically donating 2.5 percent of your saved annual income 
um, to basically, you know, the poor people, orphans, um, widows, people in need, anybody that qualifies to earn it will receive it. And so, like, you know, even if you're not actually, you know, doing the groundwork, it is one of our tenants that you actually have to donate them. It's not a donation. It's like an actual, like, payment that you have to make back to the people to be able to sustain society and, you know, make sure that at least people are, you know, not going to sleep hungry in your neighborhood, you know? And so like that also being like, literally, if you're a Muslim, you have to do that. There is like, you know, unless you, unless you yourself are someone who can't, you know, who can't make, who doesn't, is unable to save money like that. Um, you know, as a Muslim, you know, one, one tenant of our faith is to be able to pay 2.5%. And there's other criteria for it, but like that in itself is also like a huge, huge, um, valid validation or a, a huge way of like validating Islam stands for justice and stands for making sure that, you know, the, the, the poor and the needy are taken care of. Like even the first um, Khalifa or ruler after Prophet Muhammad, he would disappear after the morning prayer of Fajr. And um, one of the other, his name was Abu Bakr and one of the other um, companions, his name was Omar, would you know, would notice that he would disappear for a while after um, prayers, and you know he was the ruler of the Muslims at that, that time. Like you can't disappear without like mm-hmm. telling us Explanation. why. Explanation. Uh-huh. So he followed him one day, and he saw him enter a house, stay there for a while, and then he left. So then Omar entered that house, and he saw basically it was an old woman with a bunch of children, and he asked her like, you know, um, you know, who who was that man? What was he doing? And she said that basically he came, he cooked for her, he cleaned her clothes, and he took care of the orphans that she um, uh, looks after. And he's like, do you know who that man is? And she's like, no, I don't, but he's been helping me. Wow. And so, like, that's also like, you know, if it just basically says that if the if the ruler of the Muslims at one point was literally dedicating his time every single day to taking care of people, you know, what excuse do we have when we when we live in probably much more comfort and we don't have the responsibilities that he had? Yeah. Wow. That's that's really impressive and endearing to hear that, you know, and it it makes me want to to do more to myself, you know, Um you know, I, I would say like at least like the Christian tenet is to, you know, donate 10 percent, but to like the church. But a lot of people are feeling um, feeling uh, um, more disillusioned with that, I guess, especially mm-hmm. like seeing like sort of mega churches of sorts. Right. But yeah, yeah, come to but, Texas. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know about that. Yeah. yeah so. We, so, yeah, like the the whenever you donate the charity, like you don't have to. Take, you don't have to give it to an organization to distribute. You can actually, you know, take it, donate that money and make sure it goes to the people and give it to the in the hands of the people that you want to give it to. Wow. So, you know, and then that's and then basically your witness is God. God knows that you're the one who did it. You're the one you fulfilled your your assignment, basically. Wow, I dig it. I like that a lot. Yeah, this is this has been very endearing. You know, like and you know like. At least at the moment, I'll intend on converting, but at the same time, like I want to sort of uh, further my studies, you know, into learning about Islam. I want to be like, uh, like, like one thing I have learned is like, you know, Islam means to submit, right? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. And like, it's, it's just more like submitting to like the one true God. Mm-hmm. And for me, like I, I've, at least I've tried to be like more devout, um, 
in that sort of sense. And that's something like I aim to keep on doing. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to keep on trying to, to learn more. And I definitely appreciate your help uh, as you have like helped me so much with learning this, but also even today, like this, this, uh, this has been such a fulfilling uh, conversation. I'm so happy. I got to talk to you. I know you don't this. really get to talk to people about all of these, like, you know, no. um, romantic or cheesy ideas about religion. <laughs> 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 you yeah, kind of hear like, you kind of hear more about sin and stuff like that, and that's yeah. not, and that doesn't really um, make me so spiritual, or that doesn't really excite me. But like talking about yeah. striving for justice, making sure that you're taking care of the people around you, and making sure that you know um, you know as much as you can, you know, with regards to the prophets, and like trying to attain emotional intelligence, and in, in order to be able to um, fulfill your duty as a Muslim. And then like, even in just the way you basically kind of just wrapped up this conversation is that like, you know, Islam means to submit and submit to God. Like if you're some, you know, when you're submitting to God and knowing that, you know, God is the one in power, like what else, what else are you going to be concerned about? What is, what is there to worry yeah. about? Wow. That's, that's, that's at least my truth for sure. You know, and, and I definitely appreciate, uh, you like helping me like that, that throughout the time but then also in this conversation like it this has been really nice also you're like the first woman i've talked to, to uh, like in in the podcast i haven't wow had a that doesn't say anything good about I, you i know right i was like yikes like that's not good right <laughs> but i'm gonna fix that all right like don't worry like i'm gonna fix that like i, I mean you just see like adding a woman definitely brings in you know different perspectives that you didn't consider before yeah, honestly, like, you know, usually, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't get wrong. I was like, I, I, I definitely like love talking to the homies, but at the same time, it's like, huh, I, I should probably bring in more women on the podcast. I, don't know, I think <laughs> women are way more interesting than men, but that's just me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get canceled for sexism now, right? Basically. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm do fixing we, it now, right? I know, right? Canceled. This man, he's a sexist, right? <laughs> All right. But no, honestly, thank you so much. Like, this has been such a, a great conversation. And I got, I'll got i keep on talking to you, at least personally. But hopefully, maybe in the future, we can have you on the podcast again. I don't know. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to, to bring up or talk about? Or maybe, like, something I might have missed or uh, something that's important to say, I guess? Um. I would just say that, like, you know, a lot of people are put a lot of stigma towards being religious or, you know, when they see religious people or stuff like that. But, like, honestly, I feel more like a normal – I feel more normal because of STEM. Like, I have a lot more um, – I guess I feel a lot more grounded in who I am. And I feel, like, a lot more comfortable in being expressive about my values and personality because I know that, you know, I'm – I don't have anything to lose. And basically like, if there's anyone that's going to judge me, that's God. So, you know, I, I feel, I feel normal, even though the rest of the world doesn't think I'm normal. Wow. I dig it. I like that. No, that gets me, that gets me uh, pretty hype. And, uh, you know, I think one thing I love, uh, to, at least one thing I'm hoping to portray more of myself is just sort of like that sort of genuine, sincere, this is who I am. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully you like it, but if you don't, okay, whatever. <laughs> Kick rocks. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, honestly, I would love to come back and probably like talk about like kickboxing or jujitsu or the UFC yeah. or stuff like that. Like I, that, yeah. you know, that also makes me a lot more interesting than I think. That's a lot more interesting than my views of, of about Islam because I think a lot of my views <laughs> you'll just find in books, anyways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I think you saying it, you know, like a, like a person like a, who's as eloquent as you are saying these oh, things. You. Tell me more. Like, oh, honestly, like I was <laughs> I was very like it's like, wow, I'm very enthralled in what you have to say. So um, and that, that, that's not just me buttering you up. It's just like that's legit. I've had boring people on the podcast. And oh, my God. Just, yeah, <laughs> I won't say who, but you know, I have <laughs> had boring people. No, no, no. He, he's, he's not boring. He's just interesting no, I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding Very but nice like to say. yes i try but <laughs> but you know like uh this has been like i if anything like i i feel better honestly you know i'm like and hopefully this will be a conversation that will get people at least interested in in like learning more about islam or at least like learning more about like their own spiritual their own spiritual uh tenets of sorts you know and mm-hmm. even if like they're not spiritual or religious hopefully it's like in helping people like in focusing like on like on being more justice minded and in in like and hopefully understanding oh, a different wait. culture i you really know? really want people to be like more like quote unquote woke <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i agree i i think the world could do better with that you know like mm-hmm. like i we have a lot of like wokeness and then we also have a lot of like just like unwoke people who are who revel in not being woke at all you They're know just so hope- i just feel like people like who don't ask questions are just content and that type of contentment or apolitical um, yeah. behavior is privilege. Like I just, yeah. I cannot believe. I wouldn't. I cannot imagine myself that way. Yeah, personally, me neither. You know, like even though like there have been a few times I've tried to disconnect uh, in this, like in this quarantine time. You know, at the same time, I just only feel a little bit more. Uh, I, I want to be more engaged. You know, because I want to help people. Like I, I, I can't really imagine like just being so. Uh, disengaged you know personally yeah yeah hopefully like we can bring more people into the fold you know like i i I agree with you man this is a great conversation (laughs) you know maybe the next conversation i have to bring you into will probably just be politics maybe it'll be a mixture of like mma and kickboxing and then we get into the politics because i'm gonna have to have a few politics episodes uh i would would love to talk about politics and not even politics but like social justice i would love to talk about social justice and like even the work that i do um i would love to be able to like inspire more people or get more people to do to be more active Ooh, ooh, i like that you know i i dig that a lot i'm gonna try to make that happen soon yeah good good absolutely yeah you got to come back on the podcast i definitely appreciate your time thank you so much Uh, for everybody else uh thank you guys for listening to the podcast hope you guys enjoyed that learned a thing or two or three a lot you know about uh different cultures different religion uh maybe your own religion i don't know right you know learn something about me whatever i don't know but you know this was a dope conversation and you know as always we try to stay dope uh if you like we have a patreon you can support us on there uh follow us like on our pages we're gonna kick it into high gear with a lot more things even though we're in quarantine and we can't do events like we 
were doing before. We're going to be doing more online events. Uh, we're going to be streaming more. I finally got my camera ready to go. So you're going to be seeing my face a little bit more, my unshaven face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you guys uh, as always for listening to the podcast. Everyone that has listened, um, I appreciate you guys, all the guests that we've had. Thank you guys. We're going to keep it going, go even stronger than we have before. As always, stay dope. Peace.